generate is supporting my vision to improve the financial literacy of 100,000 Kiwis by sponsoring Keep the Change. Cheers, Generate. Head to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to find out more. Too many of us signed up to a KiwiSaver plan without much thought. And signing up is great, but if you've never got advice before, you could be missing out. Your KiwiSaver account could become one of your biggest assets over your lifetime. That's why getting expert advice early and ensuring you're in the right fund is so worthwhile. Generate have a team of KiwiSaver advisors available to help. Head to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to book a no obligation meeting. They can even come to you. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited, and of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. My life be like, yeah. My life be like, Welcome back. You are listening to another episode of the Keep the Change podcast and shit, I'm fired up. I'm actually a little bit tingly, Mikey. Same. I, I feel like it's been so long. It is. Well, when were we last here? Oh, it feels like weeks. Yeah. Because we batched a lot, didn't we? Yeah, I've already had three coffees, man. Like, I'm I'm, I'm sweating a bit too much. It's I'm, all go. I'm 260 milligrams deep. <laughs> <You're> good. <laughs> so this should be a big day. We've got a Sunday of pods scheduled for the people out there. And we thought, why not start it off by revealing to everybody out there when the shit is truly going to hit the fan. Yeah. And you, Mikey, I think it's September, October-ish, but you tell me June, yeah. July. Well, I say, I say, I've been saying June, July this year since the middle of last year um, because of the interest rates on mortgages, basically. That's like the main data set that I look at. And they're starting to happen now, and we're seeing people be more worried about it. But when we go over the 50% mark of all those mortgages that are due to roll off in 2023 from 3 to 6 or 7% interest rates is June, July. Yeah. So I just took a guess, really. Okay. Just nice. my, my economic skill is, yeah. So, so like half of them are going to come due or past that point. So half the people are in the, in the pain chamber, you know. So as you've taught us for a long time now, you've been giving us heaps of warning. There's about $120 billion <laughs> of debt that still needs to roll over onto a new interest rate. Yeah. And 50% of that will happen in the first six months of 2023. And the second um, 50%, so $60 billion, yep. will be in the back half. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you a story from this week. So I've got a client who do relatively well, right? Mm-hmm. And they've got a rental property. And that's the, the classic Kiwi business starter pack. When your business starts doing pretty well, take the profits from there, <laughs> invest it into a rental. I'm like, hey, don't do that. Invest it back into your business. But anyway, story for another day. But their rate is about to go from 2% to 6%. 65 yep. And they do quite well, and they're not financially strained. And they said, we just need to speak to you. We'd just love to get your thoughts. Um, we're thinking we might sell it. I'm mm-hmm. like, really? I'm like, yeah, we just you know, can't believe the amount of rate uh, interest that we're going to have to pay. And I'm thinking, this is interesting for a client that does quite well, and they're not strained, and they're thinking maybe we should sell. And I said, well, let's look at this in a different way. Because basically the interest is going to be another $2,000 per month. Mm-hmm. And I said, could you, like, let's go back to A, why did you buy this in the first place? And then B, what's that cost over 12 months? And 
can you accept if you pay $24,000 extra in interest than you currently are that you're going to buy yourself a year to then make a different decision? Because in a year's time, if you've sold it, you could look back and go, damn, we regret selling this. Because this is subdividable, like all sorts. It's yeah, got okay. potential. So and it's, yeah, so it's got possible good value in the future. Yeah, and I'm like, your business can subsidize that $24,000 of interest. So that's yeah. where the income comes from. And you're going to buy yourself a year. And they were like, wow, when you put it like that, for the for $24,000 of interest, yes. Like, it's funny we'll, when we'll you replace, replace emotion with logic, eh? Yeah. And it's a hard thing to train yourself to do, but it's really good at times like these. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's not only impacting, you know, first home buyers, et cetera. There's people that are questioning their financial setup because rates are effectively tripling or doubling for a lot of people. And they're yeah. wondering, what shall I change? Should I? Yeah, well, I think that's a a real thing is um, people that don't need to will, might step out anyway for a while. You know, there's a certain part of me that thinks like someone who understands business and does it right in business will be looking at those numbers and be like, man, I'm just going to run this at a loss for ages. Like, this is a terrible business decision to keep. Mm-hmm. So that can, a certain amount of that logic kicks in and you're like, why do I even own this? You know, like if I'm if I'm going to run a twenty four thousand dollar loss for the next three years before it produces anything, it's a lot to make up on the other side. Yeah. Um. And you know, there there'll be people out there. I've heard of um, you know, the, there's some stories of stuff that was bought for two and a half million and sold for one point five million. Like, I'd that's ugly. And so, there's more coming, right? So when we get to June, July, yeah, what's <clears throat> going to happen? Like, what you're, are we going to see? You're you're probably right because there's always a lag with this stuff, mm. and it's probably going to be around that September, October time. But yeah, as as all of this happens, I just feel like once the majority of that of that lending data is onto the higher stuff, you have to start seeing cracks in it. Like we've already seen the centric reports, the centrix reports, like we talked about on one of the pods in last month, um, you can just see the trends of all those graphs. They're all rising, like arrears on mortgages, mm. arrears on credit cards, buy now, pay later's at 10% arrears, like all of this stuff. And, you know, if you're going to take 25% of the mortgages and increase the cost of them by triple, like it's just, just the way I thought. I'm just looking Probably at it logically. Sense. It's like, surely something's going to happen. Yeah. It'd just be the same as, say, your petrol price was going to triple this year. And yeah. you knew that it was going to happen. Your behavior will change yeah. in the year at some stage. Yeah. And, and the uh, more people that are paying triple, the louder it will get of, this is unfair, what's happened here. But then some people will have prepared and planned for it ahead. Yeah, some some people are already set, and other people uh, there's a massive portion that can take the interest rate hike because there's been wage inflation and all this other stuff going mm. on. Um, but you know, I just the other thing that can happen, and this isn't like alarm alarming or anything, but the other thing that can happen is like if you leave it to the last minute, which most will do if they're in in the pressure zone, then you have to sell it. It's not liquid. Because well, no one will want it. This is and so then you get the, the price drop. Even my client said to me, Oh, but we don't really want to sell because the market's not that great at the moment. Uh, yeah, and, well, uh, it's gonna be worse. <laughs> <laughs> but this client they're they're onto it. So and they said, Oh, we need to make a decision quickly. I was mm-hmm. like, Why is that? And they're like, Oh, because our rate rolls over on the fourteenth of March. And I'm like, Why are we having a chat on the tenth then? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And Yeah, that conversation was always last year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So 
humans will always leave things till very mm. late, right, to make some of these decisions. But also, like, I'm the same. I've got shares that are backwards, and I can't bring myself to sell them because yeah, well, I brought it at the top, as you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, you left your money in Celsius too. You <laughs> True. <laughs> I'm just an out-and-out fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, good so, point. Yeah. Um, Gee, I hope shares don't go under. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Praying for me. Actually, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, on top of this, just this pure mortgage data that we're getting access to from the Reserve Bank now, I actually had a Zoom sort of meeting with mm. other with other people with uh, Cam Bagri, who's the XANZ economist. Cam Bag guy. Yeah, and um, I like him sort of the most out of all of the economists probably because I agree with him the most, I'm biased. Yeah. <laughs> he seems to have a little bit of a different view, which fits more with how I sort of think about things. Um, so I took some notes, and it was pretty interesting because I think the biggest takeaway I had from it was that the, <laughs> the, the playbook of the last 30 years is out the window, and the cyclone and the damage the cyclone's causing at the time that it's happened... Um, with probably like a, a forecast of low period of growth and inflation, is real niggly. <laughs> Couldn't have come at a worse time. Yeah, yeah. He it's um he was pretty bearish about it. Like he was saying, Grant Robertson's walking around saying that the repairs are thirteen billion dollars, and he's like, what actually happened is it is it put a spotlight on how poor our infrastructure could handle an event like that? Mm. It's one hundred and thirty billion. To, to really to be in a, it. Yeah. Yeah, so to it be in a place that we can we can let that happen and you know it's not yeah, as Yeah, there's always going to be damage from storms and things like that, but to have it happen and have that much of a big effect mm. is a lot of poor decisions about where things are placed and yeah. and so it's 13 billion dollars to fix it, but it's 130 billion dollars to prevent it turning into a disaster again if it would happen again basically. Yeah. Gotcha. So he's like that's structurally inflationary. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, during this time when we don't really want inflation, we're trying to get rid of it, um, which it, it just it's just going to bake into the data. And you remember when Adrian Orr said, we're going to look through this with the OCR, we'd like you to as well. Like, not a chance. No. Like, that's a good luck. Yeah. You know, if we're going to do repairs above and beyond putting it back to how it was, yep. it's going to be inflationary. Because that's how the system works, and it's going to put pressure on stuff, and we need resources, and we need people, and we need yep. all of these things. New you carpet, know? we need new jib. Even even just the fact that like a construction company can go up, go down there now and open, and know that they're going to have work for five to ten years, right? Yeah. So if they know that, they can they can build a pipeline, and they can be like, right, let's hire people. Where are they? They're in Auckland. Mm. They're running out of work because you know no one's building any more new builds. So we're going to pay them. They're seventy grand up there. We'll pay them eighty five. Bring them down. Yeah. And then it's like boom, wages up, inflation. Yeah. More disposable cash. So like all of these things get stuck into the into the data. And I, you know, I I think um, he believes that that interest rates won't come down until the end of twenty twenty four, maybe the start of twenty five. I was like, wow, wow, that's a bit contrarian. Mikey's yeah. You sit around twenty twenty two, they'll start coming back, right? Yeah. It, End of oh, 2023, end, sorry. end of this year, start of 24, and he's yep. saying, nah, bolt on another year to that. Oh, man. I, I think there'll be a bit of an event before then in terms of something breaking yep. and then seeing what, th- what happens with that. But yeah, basically, that was pretty interesting. He reckons 6% rate 
mortgage yeah. rates all through next year. And we have to remember that that $13 billion, that figure has basically come from, oh, this could be just as expensive to fix as what happened in Christchurch. So when everything was half price. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It was cheap. And so basically they've just then plucked that figure. Now, do you remember when the, uh, we talked about the financial impacts of the storm up here in Auckland? And mm. I said, this will be a billion dollars easy. Yep. And then the stories were all like, oh, this could be 400 million, 500 million. And I'm like, we always undercook this. Read the other day, insurance claims in Auckland have just gone past a billion dollars. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be two, man. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, people underestimate massively yeah. the cost of things. We, and I don't know how, like, Transmission Gully. Oh, we blew out this budget by X, Y, Z. You just... I, it's constant. I've been in, like, around enough business projects to see that they never go the way. Yeah. It's the same as when people renovate to. their house. They get mm. a quote for 350 and it's 600 yeah. by the time they're done. Yeah. Like, every time. And they're like, oh, we're still going to do the landscaping, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting, eh? So he reckons this is, this is a problem and the timing is an issue. Um, he... Like he was, he didn't say this exactly, but he basically said like interest rates will stay high even if we go into a sort of recession. Um, and he said like collateral damage isn't house prices going down. So like if you think the Reserve Bank is going to come save you in terms of your house price, think again. Collateral damage is like exponential job loss. That's yeah. that's bad. Not not house prices. Like right now, the house prices are the least of their worries. They're trying to slowly put pressure on the labour market to loosen that up because that's probably one of the, the biggest drivers of structural inflation at the moment. Um, and then after all of this, after all of the keeping interest rates high, trying to get people unemployed, <coughs> government fire someone, um, and he said that the reality is is they're probably going to change the bracket, like we've said, from 1% to 3% to 2 to 4%. Wow, there we go. Yeah, so they, he reckons they can't even get it back to... To between one and two, yeah. Effectively, that's what he's saying. Like, you know, yeah. When you can't win the game, change the rules, baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Classic government, right? Yeah. So yeah, man. Really interesting. Uh, sort of half an hour that he he spent talking about this stuff. Did he give any? What I don't like about these economists, there's never any. Okay, here's what you should do or what you should be thinking about. Well, that's not their job. Gotcha. Nah. Yeah. That's why we're here. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> just the fact is, earn more money. Yeah. Um. But some other interesting stuff is. Um, he is probably a little bit like me when he's talking about politics, and he's like, both sides suck. Yeah. But interestingly, he went over a few graphs of what people are looking at right now. Now, <clears throat> cost of living, That he had a list of the top five problems for people ranked from one to five. Cost of living is, is number one. And he went through the data and some graphs and it shows that like national, the national side of the government are traditionally the ones that handle that thing better, whereas Labour don't. Um, And he said that the other interesting thing is that crime traditionally ranks in New Zealand throughout history outside of the top five and it's now number two. Sheesh. So it's on people's minds and that's also uh, a centre-right problem, so National Act type coalition to sort that out um, he didn't say who he thinks going to win the election but he's just looking straight at data basically he's just right? looking at the data being behavior. Like, yeah if this is what people are thinking that's probably the way the election's going to go yeah um, what was number three? Oh, they were boring it was like fucking climate change and shit <laughs> like, I didn't take them down <laughs> <laughs> yeah Anytime, yeah, oh, fuck, I don't want to start down that road. <laughs> <laughs> Three, four, and five, Mikey can't remember, yeah. team. So uh, well, I, just, I just thought that was interesting because that's probably 
the the other the reason I didn't take the other ones down was because it's probably the ones I hear from real people, not the media and shit, from real people that I talk to on a day-to-day basis, that's what people care about. Yeah. I notice it. I don't have conversations with people, you know, like tens of tens of different mortgage meetings per week and we chat and we talk about things and it is. It's cost of living and crime and no one goes, yeah, climate change ranks in front of those things for me. Like day-to-day, no one talks about number three. I don't know where they got that data from. Obviously, it's a part of it, but... Yeah. When I talk to real people, crime and, and cost of living is way above the other ones. Mm. So, yeah, and things cost money. So this could be pointing towards a new <coughs> blue government in 2023. We'll see. I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, when all the policies and stuff start coming out from these parties, they'll have to address these top two things, right? Because the beauty for politics politicians now is that they've got data they can troll social media and see they can get a vibe check yeah. of the country what are you commenting what's the negativity like what are they what are people um, thinking and talking about and then they can shape conversation and communication around alleviating those pain points mm. which is pretty bloody powerful especially to sell you into voting for something but I've noticed more articles as well of people saying oh you know the Who's the better party of the two shit ones, basically? Or just <laughs> things like that, you know? The, well, that's true. They're just shit. <laughs> yeah, the, what's the best of the worst lot and stuff like this? We, I think a lot of people are, are sort of sitting there going, hmm, I don't know how amazing either side's going to solve this, red versus blue. But as always, we come back to what, what can we do and what can we be thinking about? And just like my client earlier, they need to be thinking about these things earlier yeah, and not, I, not leaving the decision and the and the action till the last minute. Yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, about, like, we've been talking about this stuff coming and now it seems to be getting closer finally because we've talked about it for a year. Yeah. It finally seems to be coming into fruition. Um, but you want to be proactive, eh? And you want to make sure that you're ready to take on maybe, like, if you're a business, a slightly lower income. You've always talked about do your numbers at 80% just in case. Yep. Doesn't mean it's going to happen, but it's about protecting the downside. Yep. And then you've got, you know, can you handle these expenses going up? So you want to be proactive and make sure that the numbers look okay in your own personal forecast. Mm. Um, and like, I'm a big fan of it because like the worst case scenario is you do like a, a year or whatever of personal austerity and you wake up in a year and you've got more savings. Yep. You know, like your business might keep growing and your expenses might not get as high as you forecasted. But all you've done is look after your personal finances more, make sure you've got no personal debts, and then your future and opportunities will grow from there regardless. So it's mm. it's like it's not a it's not a hard thing to do and there's no real downside to it. Yeah. Um I think for a lot of people, they just need to put their hand up and actually ask for some help. I'm doing a money mail this week around where you can go in New Zealand to get help. But you know, someone messaged me on Instagram this week and they've got $42,000 worth of consumer debt. And mm. I sent you a you know, a message about it and you're like, bro, I see this every day. Mm. You know, this is very common. And I said to this person, I sent them like four links of things that they could do to get some help. And they're like, cheers, bro. Like, I, I need to reach out to one of these. Yeah. And it's like, yes, you do. Take action. Yeah. Yeah. The making a decision can be just as impactful as actually getting to the finish line. It's more. Yeah. 
yeah, it's more. People were like, oh, if I do a debt consolidation, they start looking for an interest rate that's like 12 versus 13. It's like, no, no, you're fucked. Like, you need to pay it off. Mm, yep. Don't yep. spend the next five weeks deciding on which company does your debt consolidation. Just yeah. pick one, get the payment going, pay above it. Oh, I looked into that, but I didn't end up deciding on which one. They were going to charge your me a answer. fee. Like, yeah. yeah, just crank. Ring... Like make a make it a priority to sort some of the shit out, yeah. and whether it's buy now, play pay later, like all of that stuff. It's so important to to get on top of and to get on top of before you're in the hurt locker where you've lost your job, your partner has, like your circumstance change, and that's when you tell everyone, oh, you know, we didn't see this coming. Of course you didn't. Like we never see emergencies coming. That's why we want to try and tidy this shit up early. And people will say to me on social media, oh. You know, buy now, pay later has actually been really good for me. It's taught me how to save and it's taught me how to spend and learn about budgeting. I'm like, cool. So how much is in your emergency fund? How much have you got invested? <laughs> I'm like, go back and compare what you spent on buy now, pay later for the year versus what you've got invested and what you've got in your emergency fund. Yeah. And then tell me what it's taught you. I reckon you triggered a few people when you said, is your credit card limit higher than your savings balance? I think I saw a few followers. Yeah. Unfollow. Just, yeah. <laughs> how dare you? Yeah. Yeah. But it's such a good, like that's a good goal. To have a, a savings balance higher Absolutely. than your buy now pay later balance, because all BNPL and consumer debt is doing is encouraging you to spend outside your means. Yeah, yeah. Not not to invest, not to save for a rainy day, not to build foundations and help you become a different person. All that buy now pay later does is facilitate you to become more of the person you know you shouldn't be. Mm. To invest, to save, to have an emergency fund, to get all of those things closed and cleared out. You have to become someone else. Yeah. And that's hard, and that's why you don't do it, and that's why you hold on to your excuses of why, no, it's so good to have this and to have my credit card limit and all this shit you probably don't actually need. Mm. Otherwise, you'll end up like Silicon Valley Bank. Oh, there we go. Great <laughs> intro. Well, who are they and what happened to them, mate? Silicon Valley Bank, uh, well, we don't fully know what happened. We'll find out what's going to happen on Monday, but basically they got liquidated in a bank run on Friday. So a bank run is, I get whisper that this bank could be getting in trouble, so I shoot down to my local Westpac branch, and I'm like, I'm drawing out all my cash. If, yeah, different these days. Um, so effectively, Silicon Valley Bank, closing the title, it's in Silicon Valley. Um, it's the 16th largest bank in America. And they had $342 billion worth of customer deposits, right? So it's a lot. It's bigger than New Zealand's economy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and what happened is uh, an equity raise or a cash raise was announced, and they said we're trying to raise liquidity, kind of like what Ryman did, right? Yeah. Um, but the problem with that is, is that it's a, being a bank, people were like, why? Mm. That's strange. And it triggered the bank run. And a bank run these days can be just transferring out to another bank or, you know, no one's going to go and be like, I need $300 billion in cash. It's not realistic, but they'll try and move it around and stuff. Now, I looked into it a bit and I found out what happened. So basically, everyone's put their money, all these VCs and startups and shit, they all bank through the Silicon Valley, Valley Bank. Um, and they have a whole lot of customer deposits on hand. And probably a year or 18 months ago, the banks got all of this this cash sitting there at zero, and they went and bought government bonds, which are risk-free assets, basically. They're guaranteed. So they had three- and four-year duration terms on these bonds, and the interest rate 
was about 1.79%. Just on that, so you lend the money to the government and they pay it back to you plus a... 1.9% per year. But then does the bond move in value as well? So yeah, this is how this happens. So basically they've got a three or four year maturity and bonds are very liquid. It's the most liquid asset in the world. Um, You can always sell them. It's a giant market. It's bigger than the share market. And... So you've got this, you, you can wait out the three-year maturity date and then get your 1.79% per year paid back plus the initial amount that you bought. So that was $100. You can get that whatever the 1.79 times three is. But if you have to, they are liquid during the period that they are locked up for as well. Uh, you can borrow against them or you can sell them. Now, the problem is, is they got their macro bet wrong because they bought too much of this bond Interest rates moved up, and now, like the same version of their bond, like call it a three-year maturity date, you can get a, a 4 or a 5% interest rate on. So the market is, is paying the same price for a 4 or 5% interest rate. So to sell the bonds that they have that are paying a 1.79% interest rate, they're worth like 30 cents on the dollar. Yeah, no one wants them. So they've got no value, basically. So when... when <laughs> You know, all of these startups and stuff are trying to do their payroll. These guys have to sell their bonds, and they're like, "Oh shit, the bonds worth nothing," and they didn't have any hedges in place to protect themselves. Um, and if they sell the bond, they basically couldn't cover the cost of the deposits, so they went to do a capital raise, and then the capital raise failed, and then it got sniffed out, and everyone went, "Fuck this, I'm out of here," and they tried to transfer their deposits. Boom, one day it's all over. Shit. So that's how a bank collapses, just like that's that. That's how it happens, yeah. So it, that's probably, it's it's very different. Um, it's like a, a VC startup bank. So, you know, like in America, they have what they call FDIC insurance, which is a guarantee from the government that they'll cover $250,000 worth of deposits deposits in an account. So if I've got 300 grand deposited in there and I... You, you'll get 250 fails. back. Gotcha. But, but the taxpayer pays for that. Taxpayer, <laughs> yeah, Jeez. basically. So in New Zealand, we have a similar thing, but it's 100 grand, I think. Yeah. Um, and the difference for the Silicon Valley Bank, and I don't think the government's going to bail it out. I just don't see how, like, all of the companies that were funding it are these, you know, run-on losses for 10-year type startups in, in Silicon Valley. They're all a load of shit anyway. They need a reset. Mm. Um, I think the government won't do it. I think they'll try and push someone like JP Morgan to come along and buy up whatever's left up for cents on the dollar, kind of like what they did with Bear Stearns back in 08. Um, but... Actually, JP Morgan got treated pretty badly in that scenario, so they might not do it, but something like that. Um, I saw Elon might uh, buy, is that right? I saw yeah, well, he could do it, yeah. yeah. So, but, and, it, and it, it's a little bit different to how, I'm, I'm not 100% work on the, uh, sure on the structure of how our banks do that stuff. I ha- probably, If we happen, had that happen at one bank in New Zealand, we'd be fucked anyway, so. Yeah. Um, but the problem with the Silicon Valley Bank is because it was these giant VC firms and, you know, billionaires funding it and things like this. Only three and a half percent of deposits were two hundred and fifty grand or less. So ninety percent of the funds are uninsured. Yeah, I saw that. So that's pretty brutal. Yeah, they're not going to get the cash back. It's like putting They'll money probably, into Celsius. So the issue, the issue that, and this is where contagion happens, and it's not going to. I think it's going to be contained in this one. It's it's not a contagion event. Um, after looking at it, it's just a whole lot of useless, worthless like startups that don't make any fucking money anyway, and they're banking on uh, multiples of like a hundred value of their company and shit. It's all bullshit. It in time. Yep. Um, Gee, you're nice to the bloody startups at the moment. <laughs> I keep getting it. <laughs> and um, shit, you, you've <laughs> Sorry, lost mate. track there. What? 
So in New Zealand versus America, yeah, yeah, it's a bit different. Um, it's all backed by property here, mate. So they just sell your house and say, yeah. "Yeah, the bank can't fail." <laughs> and yeah. if it is, the government will have to uh, prop it up. Yeah, yeah. I.e., the taxpayer. But the um, the problem where the contagion can can kick in, and you can see it is like there are these firms that, like on Monday. They've got $12 million worth of payroll to send out to their staff. Yeah, it's scary. And they don't have the money. So those people could lose They did jobs. have the money, but it's gone. So the staff then walk off, company mm. goes boof. So the flow-on effect of the and the contagion kicks in, and it's like, oh, fuck, this is pretty bad. I saw an interview with somebody who, who thought this could be the case. They had a warning sign from basically the CFO, so they pulled all their cash mm. because they were about to make payroll, and they're like, we can't risk this. And so they got all their cash out just in oh, time. Nice. Yeah. But there'll be, there'll be most wouldn't have. didn't though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's, there's some real fishy stuff going on too. Like the CTO of the bank sold four and a half million dollars worth of shares like a week before and stuff. Like it's fucking dodgy. That ain't fishy, mate. That is uh, knowing what's about to happen. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I mean. But I think for perspective, uh, there's about 500-ish banks in America, right? And if they're the 16th biggest. You know, it's just, it's just like another drop in the ocean over there a little bit. But as Mike it says, is, it yeah. could lead to contagion with people. Because I instantly thought, you know, people say cash is king and have an emergency fund and stuff, right? And I'm a big proponent of that. But I don't actually have that much access to cash. It's very minimal. Mm. And I said it a long time ago on a pod, very wise to actually have some physical access to cash because you just don't know what happens. But it gives you power should something happen. Mm. Now, this is what we saw in the Hawke's Bay. People were trying to go and buy things. The could, network yeah. was down, right? Yeah, the ATMs weren't working and stuff. Yeah. yeah, and I do think that this is the biggest risk in the world would be the internet going down and the power going down. Yeah, so with that becomes uh, the the breakdown of social cohesion. And, and I want to run trade. straight to my dairy in yep. that next two or three hours and go. I'm buying up as much shit, and I know that if I have cash versus someone that's like, I'll give you an IOU. I'm probably going to be allowed to take more yep. to build out a buffer. Yeah. So I need to have some access to cash somewhere. And this is then where people go, I'm going to get some access to some gold. Mm. And so then they go and get some gold. And I'm in a building where the gold mint is. And I've noticed an increase in people coming, yeah, yeah. trying to get to it. And even people in the storm and the cyclone, they weren't open. They were waiting at the door downstairs. And I was telling them, they're not open. <laughs> you can't get there. And they didn't believe me. I could tell. They were like, I'm not leaving. I'm not taking this guy's word for it. <laughs> it's really interesting. Gold people are the end of the world is. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, but I guess uh, one of the other things, mate, that we know we'll see more of in the back end of this year is two things, above, below the line. Mm -hmm. So some people that will take ownership, accountability, responsibility, and then other people that will go blame, excuse, deny. Well, 100%. I've already seen big billionaire VC guys on Twitter and YouTube and stuff talking about the breakdown of this bank, and they're already blaming it on the Federal Reserve. But they're not going like, Oh, actually, Silicon Valley Bank got a trade wrong on a on a bond. That's their problem. They didn't protect their downside. They took a risk and they put zero into hedging it, and now they fucked it up. Like they don't have control over what the Fed does with interest rates. Mm. So you're already, I'm seeing billionaires blame excuse tonight. It's probably because they got a fuck ton of money in this bank. Yeah. <laughs> so they're pretty upset. But you know exactly what you say all the time. Like you have to look at it and be like, shit. Didn't do my DD properly, did I? Yeah. Take responsibility, move on. Next one, don't make the mistake again. Yeah, get hurt, get hurt quickly, work through the pain and carry on. The longer you stay, like in the blame, excuse, deny, the harder life is and it flows over to other areas of your life. And 
that's where it becomes draining. You become drained. You start draining other people. Uh, other people get frustrated by you. I hear this from clients where some of them are doing well, but they might work in an office where others aren't, and they're like, I can't go there as much anymore because it's bringing, it's bringing me down. Mm. And we spoke about it in another pod where someone who's been through the GFC, they said to me, man, the hardest thing is just watching some of your friends and stuff become different people because they get burnt. Yep. And you're still doing well because you've done all this work to try and protect yourself and, and get ahead and they start to envy you or get frustrated by you and you have these fractious relationships and stuff. So we have to get ourselves ready for the fact that it, it, it could be draining. And we want to try and get ourselves ready earlier rather than waiting until we're forced to. Mm. Yeah, man. I think... Um it's interesting, right? Like, we we haven't seen a bank go down for a while. No. So. This is the biggest one since the GFC, this SV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also think it is nothing like the GFC as well. So don't be worried about it. I think there'll be there'll be bad news and people yelling and screaming for like three or four weeks and then everyone would have forgotten about it. Yeah, probably 72 hours. I remember in 2020 when I was like digging into the the evergreen thing with the property development over in China. Fuck, haven't heard from it since. I thought yeah, it was, was going to be gigantic. I was thinking about the same thing the other day too. Yeah, so it, it's just not on that scale and it's not on the scale of the GFC. The GFC was far, far larger than that. Yeah. Over time, we might have a, another GFC, but I, this is not the this is not the first cause. This is just the cracks showing because of interest rate hikes and how fast they've happened. And mm. we'll probably see more little bits and pieces similar to that and we'll see it in personal lives so you've got to protect your own yep you know interest rates increasing fucked this bank so it can happen to you too with your personal bank you know like yep. your, your own home and your own assets and liabilities and everything so do the numbers work it out no blame excuse deny yeah you know, what is it ownership accountability responsibility bingo <laughs> stay above is. the line yeah and uh and get it sorted and make sure you're on the right track and don't be svb one of the podcasts that is flying at the moment, mate, is just getting heaps of traction, is the interview I did with Logan Donnelly the, uh, around thrifting and trying to find ways to save money. Because mm. I know as much as we talk about trying to earn more money, there's a lot of people that are just like, I can't do that. They don't, they don't have that paradigm yet. They don't believe that's possible. Um, it's too hard. They don't know where to start. They don't want to put themselves out there. But decreasing your expenses are an easy thing for everyone to have a crack at. I also believe that you should crack that first. Mm. You need to get your get into that zone and get down to like I had to do that. I had to go down to like drop my expenses as low as I could before I like started eating rice only. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's what I want to. And then from there, I was like, oh, I can't improve this anymore. Time to go the other way. Exactly. That was just personal for me. I had to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, same thing for me. Okay, what expenses can I cut out? Okay, I might have to move home again. Okay, how long is that going to take? Okay, I might have to drive for travel for two to three hours every day again. I might have to sacrifice some sleep. And then eventually I use that period to then get out the other side. And the first thing I did when I started making money again, cool, I'm going to buy my time back. I'm going to spend it on an apartment. People are like, that is the fucking stupidest thing I've ever seen. I'm like, <laughs> no, because I've done my time of losing sleep, of yeah. the grind, of trying to get to the gym by five, to beat the traffic, all this stuff. And now I'm like, okay, I'm going to make more money to change my life in a different direction by buying back my time because I know I can create more value with the time that I get. But for a lot of people, you might want to go back and listen to that podcast with Logan around exactly how he cut out about five grand worth of different expenses. And those things are always changing as well and our situations are too. So I think to take control back, you want to just be taking some form of action. And it's not just listening to a podcast. It's then great. What's one thing I may do? And it could even just be opening mm. a savings account and setting up an automatic payment into it or an emergency fund and doing something so you know 
that you've actually taken action to become a different person to who you are before you take those actions. Yeah, I was having a conversation with someone the other day and researching and listening to stuff like this is part one and there's like three parts and part one does not help you get to the goal. Mm. It, you need it, but you need to learn and figure out and research and get things in place. Then part two is taking action and then three to actually hit the goals is just action times five. So doing more and more and more. Yeah, so and, yeah, and cutting out... You start to, as you do more of the things that you know work, you start to realise the things that aren't working, you cut those back. Yep, yep, yep. 100%. Rightio, so get ready for June, July, people, or September, October, who knows, yeah. but the back end of this year is going to be very different to how it currently is. Yeah, I think so. Just the numbers that are stacking up, even the savings rates and stuff in the US, uh, it looks like it's on track to really hit pretty much zero and be in... Yep, in 100% debt mode again by August time. So all of those things, in when I look at them, seem to be converging. I don't have access to the most Gucci data, but just the basics, yeah. it looks like it's like around then, more or less. And Kiwis will do the same. They'll use credit cards to pay for their buy now, pay later. Or yep. like they won't pay their buy now, pay later, but then they'll increase their credit card spending as well just to carry on the lifestyle that they've got instead of going, right, bang, I'm sticking a fork in this and I'm figuring out. Mm. I'm at a fork in a road moment and I need to change the way I'm going because the way I'm currently going, she, I'm just contributing to be, to these statistics. Yep. That's it, mate. Exciting oh, times, eh? Well, the good thing is people have still got time. They've still got time to make some changes to try and by the time we get to the back end of this year to go, like, I knew it was going to be like this. So you've got a chance to feel like you're a bit more in control. But the longer you leave it, the harder it's going to get. You know, we saw this week, zero, internationally, lay off 700 to 800 people. Mm. It's 15% of their workforce. Big company. Big pretty, company. Pretty much a, not a monopoly, but the, the gangsters of the industry. Big time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, and big boys. Yeah. And, look, if they can do it, you know, just... Do not be surprised if you, by the end of this year if you know someone who has lost their job. They may find another job, but... It's actually better to lose your job now and be able to find one now while they're still around because mm. <laughs> eventually those uh, job openings won't exist if they keep jacking rates and putting the pressure on. Yeah, we've spoken about it before. We're a bit sick. We will put ourselves in our heads into situations and think, okay, how would I act if I end up in that? You may want to do that. You may want to role play... Mm your income being cut or you're going back to uh, four days a week or your partner losing their role or even you doing it and just thinking, okay, what would I do if I ended up in that situation? And remember, humans are very resilient. They'll normally find a way. Mm. And it could be, you know, that you can lean on your parents, for instance, or you would, um, I've heard, I had a conversation with someone yesterday and they leveraged off their apartment to buy the, the perfect home that they wanted and all that sort of stuff. Interest rates have gone up and now they're just like, you know what, we have to sell one of them. So we've got to sacrifice and, and decide which one yep. do we let go of. So you've got to start scenario planning for yourself. Okay, what would you do should the world not be the way that A, you expect it to be or that it currently is? Yeah, I also think it is a time for, for pulling the trigger and making decisions. Yeah, Like there's there's not, it's not a time to be like, um, we'll, we'll worry about this in 2024. I think it's like, Take it seriously, look at figures, use logic, remove emotion, make some decisions, move on. Mm. And like I do always say to people, um, like when people are like uh, compromising when they're buying their first home, they're like, oh, I would really like the bit of land. I'm like, it's your first home, not your last home. Nice. And it's the same if you've got something at the moment and it's not working out with interest rates. It's like it doesn't mean you can't buy it in four years again. Yeah. Like if, 
think about the the pros and cons like do a list be like should we go renting for four years i do it and it's not that bad guys <laughs> same here yeah so like it's still a house mm. um you know and and you might not need to do this but just think about it with logic and process it and be like will this help me secure the future i want in five years or whatever and just make those decisions. It's time for decisions. FYI, mate, I was looking at a $10 million property in Takapuna last night on Trade Me. What does that rent for? No, no, you need to buy it. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, no. Like, I was just, Taz and I were just looking at what houses are for sale yeah, over there wow. at the moment. And there's quite a few close to the water, but there was one there for $10 million. I'm like, wow, that's what a $10 million home looks well, like. Well, with climate Fuck. change, the big boys probably know that they won't be insured pretty soon, so. That's exactly what I was thinking. I yeah. thought, I wonder if this value will actually come down. Mm. Yeah. And uh, and we see the same thing. Well, I wonder if they get insurance. Yeah. But, if mm. you've got enough money, you can insure anything. That's right. That's right. Yeah. If you're worried about it, you can You'll find it. somebody. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. That's willing to take the risk. Yeah. Okay, mate. Another cracking episode. That sets the scene for our Sunday. As always, you like this tune, mate, to get us going. I love this banger, eh? Yeah. Did you pick this up from TikTok, maybe? Nah, from uh, Too Fast, Too Furious, the movie. Oh, Gangster nice. movie. One of my faves. There we go. Well, look Actually, after yourselves out there, people. Actually, what? Oh, Tokyo Drift. Just two oh. great movies. <laughs> there you go. If you, want a, <laughs> if you want a list of Mikey's favorite movies, drop them a line on Instagram. <laughs>